Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Get all the gassy burps out of you. I'm good, man. Jared Brandon. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Online, we have a former special guest returning as a knob, returning to the fold. Zach Brawls from Mythos Pedals. Yeah. The one and only. Yes. So we're happy to have him here. And we brought him on specifically because he just can't stop showing pictures of this guitar that he got done. (laughs) (laughs) It is gorgeous. And you've probably seen it on the interwebs. So we wanted to kind of talk about a specific. Come on now. Don't be bashful. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) A special topic about refinishing. So that should be exciting. We're going to have fun talking about that today. Absolutely. Yes. Jared's refinished a whole lot of stuff. I have not refinished anything. Well, no, that, that that's not true. I refinished my very first guitar, if everybody remembers. Now, you did that yourself, though. I, I had my stuff done. Very badly, yeah. I might add. Uh, but it's it, still cool. Yeah, it was fun. So, let's get to it. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, if you dig what we're doing here on the Guitar Knobs podcast, you can show your support by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. For less than the cost of a handful of guitar picks or a big, th- thick shredder style loose like pick that you can help keep this podcast running. And for the cost of a couple of your favorite microbrew IPAs, you can get one of our super cool guitar knob shirts as well, which I am wearing today. Um, very comfortable. You can support <laughs> our show at patreon.com slash the guitar knobs. We appreciate you sharing our experience and your continued support. Thank you very much. Please sign up. Ta-da. Yo. You did a good job there. Hey, I'm trying. Nice. I'm sweating now. <laughs> he is sweating, actually. <laughs> it's hot in here. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so... Uh, yeah, lots of activity, lots of awesome things going on on our various channels. We invite you to check them out, Instagram, Facebook, mostly. Okay, we put stuff up on Twitter. Um, check it out. Chat with us. We're getting lots of lots of great questions and, and comments from people, and we love it. We really do love it, so thank you. Please ask any questions you have. Please. It's it's fun to answer them, even if we've answered them before. You're sounding a little bit desperate right now, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, there's people that are scared to ask. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Zach, do you have any business that you need to take care of? Uh, Well. Make a plug, bro. Do it. Well, yeah, you can. uh, (laughs) I've been building a lot of pedals. So, yeah, go to mythospedals.com and you can see all the the stuff I'm building and I've, I've got some new stuff in the works and I'm going to be announcing it very soon. Ooh. Um, so pretty exciting. That'll all be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do more YouTube stuff. So that's the main goal in the coming months is being more active, making videos. Yeah. I hear YouTube's yeah. a thing. Yeah. It's the second most used search engine in the world. <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> so. Next to Pinterest. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are battling it out though. Honestly, that's, that's, that's actual truth. Um, so let's see, G- Zach, you go first. What'd you do? What's going on with you this week, buddy? Well, uh, not had a whole lot going on lately other than just the same old building guitar pedals and working. But, uh, next week I'm going up to Minnesota to, uh, shoot some YouTube videos with Rob Chapman. Oh the, yeah. Uh, YouTube guy Chappers. Yep. He he is um, coming to Rift City Guitar, which they just opened a new store in uh, New Hope, which is right outside Minneapolis. And uh, he's doing a clinic, and every quarter he's going to come to the states and start doing videos with them. Because the thing with Andertons, he's still going to be a part of it, but he's kind of like trying to help build Rift City up. Mm-hmm. So they invited me to come out and do some Mythos videos and hang out with Rob awesome, and. Dude. 
so yeah, so I'm going to fly up and that's, that's going to be Friday. So we'll see, we'll that see what happens. Fantastic. I love Minnesota. Yeah. I, I do too. I, I love lived Minnesota, there for five yeah, years. Minnesota and Wisconsin, those two states. If I was forced to move out of Ohio for some reason, I wouldn't move up there. Yeah. I've, I've never been. I have a list of guitar shops that I'm going to try to hit. And so yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. I got some good places to eat for you too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Awesome. Yeah. Jared. Well, very good guitar uh, week for me. Um, <clears throat> so I have a little friend that lives a town over, and like a dwarf, or a, he a is, little friend. He, is he is compared to me, man. Can I, say I, that? I bet he's <laughs> like a. This kid's like probably a hundred pounds. He's nineteen, but he's a heck of a great guitar player, and his knowledge about guitars and amplifiers are mm-hmm. way beyond what I knew at his age. So. Uh, we get together and talk about gear and compare gear and stuff. And he's got a lot of gear for his age. So, um, I'm proud of him for what he knows. So we hang out and, uh, he brought this, uh, plexi clone. If for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like, is a, this the kid you brought to the guitar show with the two linebackers? Yeah. Yep. Gracious. Those guys are big. Yeah. But the kid is, <laughs> we're all uh, jammed in behind this table. and like, what the crap is going on here? That's uh, Buford, and uh, really, the other kid his was name named. Yeah, well, yeah, Buford, as in uh, Buford T. Justice. Yep. And uh, the other kid's name is Anthony Scabilia, or Sibilia, sorry, Anthony. And uh, Zach Oswald is the is my little buddy's name. Yeah. And they're all my buddies, but anyway, he brought over a Plexi clone, and and it's kind of modeled after a JTM forty five. Mm-hmm. Or, or what? What they kind of? I think Marshall borrowed that technology from the early baseman. I want to say mm. uh, blackface. <laughs> so it's kind of like a this this kit. It's a kit amp. It's an amp kit or whatever. And there's a switch in the back where you can change the the uh, the rectifier to solid state and there's there's choices and it uh you can have some flub or you can have it tight i mean it's a really cool amp it's a plexi clone and i said who built this for you and he said man i i paid like less than 800 100 bucks from this kid that's younger than me that built this amp out of a kit i'm like are you kidding me this thing is Wait, awesome. he paid $800 on top of the amp? No, he paid like less than $800 for this amp because this kid... Total. Total. Hmm. He wanted uh, to move it. I mean, the, the yeah, kit cost... That's, that's a good deal. The kit cost 800 bucks. Yeah. You know, plus you got to pay somebody to build it. So I said, really? He said, yeah. So, you know, months go by and I'm like, give me this kid's info. So this kid named Kyle Blackburn... Um, lives over in Pennsylvania. The kid's a genius. I mean, he put this thing together when he was 16, sold it to Zach. So I said, hey, make me one. Genius is a big word. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm just giving him a lot of credit because I'm, I wouldn't <laughs> attempt to build, like, my first amp kit It would not be a Marshall. It would probably be a simple old Fender, you know. Yeah. So well, they're, they're simpler than, I mean, like, any, because... A Marshall is most, most early Marshalls are based off like tweed amps, mm-hmm. which are way simpler than like blackface amps. Yeah, but I I uh, I called Mojo and I'm like, because I thought about doing this myself, and they said, oh, you don't want to start off with a Plexi clone, man. You want to start <laughs> off with like a, you know, a simple Fender, whatever, like a Champ or something. Yeah, it's just something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? Okay. And I just I've never tried to do this. I practically. I don't have time. It's it's not practical for me. So this is true. You don't. I bought a plexi clone from this from this kid. I what I did. I I gave him the money for the kit, and I gave him a set of my pickups, and he was fine with that. And and I got the clone this week. I got it two days ago, uh-huh. and it didn't work the first time I plugged it in. <laughs> <laughs> one of the channels didn't work I'm, or one of the um, the preamp things didn't work and I was I was really mad I was like what is going on and it turns out he just he just had two of the tubes switched so 
there was just a matter of switching. Is this the genius guy you were talking about? That's exactly <laughs> Okay. I'm telling you what, man. If you see this kid's work, this kid's work is impeccable. Yeah. Because I took the amp apart to see what was going on. He simply just Except switched. dyslexia. Right. That's the only thing. So I, I do the same thing all the time. You sure. Know? So I switched it over. This thing is awesome. It's probably one of the best amps that I've had yet. Yeah. The Buddha is pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, I love the Buddha. I know you do. Through a 412, yeah. But not the... Uh, I don't like I, the 212 I, cab that it comes with. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I like the 412 I'd like sound. to hear the Plexi through one of your new your new old Marshall Yeah, with the... Cab. Uh, that's it's right. All vintage. That's right. Currently, I am collecting um, all pre-rolla with the the uh, original cones, Pulsonic. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. And uh, I'm going to have a, a full stack of Pulsonic uh, cone pre-rolla finished 30s. So Nice. nice. Yep. Yeah, the, um, you, one of the secrets I've always heard for vintage marshals is you turn the treble all the way up. You turn the mids all the way up and the bass just, you barely turn it up. And that's like the sweet spot. Wow. And every, every vintage Marshall I've played when I've done it that way, it sounds right. You know? Wow. Interesting. I'll have to give that yeah, a shot, try man. It. Thanks for that. Try tribute. it. So that's, uh, that's going on with, that's what's going on in my guitar world. And I'm really excited about that. It's about time. I have some like really good, you know, amps that, people can relate to instead of these oddball amps that people usually don't have like and, like oranges and the buddha yeah but everybody's had or tried a a clone you know a a, a plexi clone that spends money on buying my product you know because mm-hmm. they they want vintage pure you know and plexi mm-hmm. clones and you know vintage stuff that's what people want so yeah, I, that's the uh, that's the kind some of thing people. I'm, I'm going for. Yeah, some people. Yeah. That's the crowd I'm looking for, man. I'm looking for the vintage people. <laughs> I get you. That's what's that's what was going on in my week. All right. Uh, not knocking the genius or anything. I was just making entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he- <laughs> so I uh, let's see. Gosh, there's been a, a ton going on. I'm going to spin the wheel of pick something. And I'm going with, so I'm buying a new acoustic electric. I haven't decided. I mean, I think I've decided what I want. But up to two days ago, I've changed my mind about four times. <laughs> so it's, you know, when you're shopping around online, it's really easy to go this one, that one. You know, and you listen to a couple, of, you know, watch a couple YouTube videos and, um, you get an you get a an idea of what you think you want. I don't have a tremendous amount of knowledge about acoustic guitars, but I'm certainly learning a lot just by forcing myself to learn. Uh, I went into a local big guitar store yesterday, played the two that I thought that I was interested in totally balked on both of them <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so then I was like oh no I gotta start over and I've got a I've got a gig coming up where I need that guitar so I can't be taken forever you can just borrow one of mine I know everybody's been real nice one lending me their acoustic guitars but it's not the same I appreciate it and if I if I am in a jam not not a jam, like, yeah, jam. <laughs> but like a, you know, I'm in a sticky position. I will hit you up. I think I found the one. What is it? What is it? Well, I don't know if I should say, because if it's not it, <laughs> then then I haven't <clears throat> found that one. But, okay, well, maybe what, what we the heck? experience. Yes, that's true. I am looking at a relatively new Art and Luthery um, Americana Dreadnought, and it's made by the Godin Factory. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, on paper, this thing looks pretty great. Uh, in the videos that I've seen, it sounds pretty great. And, and there, I've actually watched videos where they're playing them up against Martins. I'm also working with the budget. So those couple of things and the style of guitar I want, I said, okay, I think this might do it. So I'm going to go into, we've got a musical round close by that has one. And I'm going to go check it out. 
The other thing to, to that I have to consider is that I am not a prolific acoustic player and I'm only, I'm not playing coffee houses where it's got to sound like, oh man, James Taylor sounds awesome tonight. Can I have a cappuccino? <laughs> it's not that at all. It's like I'm plugged in. I got a band behind me and we're doing Johnny Cash tribute. So I'm strumming hard. For me, that tells me like I can't be consumed with tone equals dollars. So uh, here's the thing: I watched a, I watched a really long video on how these things are made, mm-hmm. and I was thoroughly impressed, like 100% impressed. Are they made in Canada? They're made in Canada. It's all uh-huh. it's a, it's a all Canadian wood except for the rosewood fretboard. And uh, yeah, so it's a pressure tested solid spruce top, silver leaf maple neck, rosewood fingerboard, and bridge. Wild cherry back and sides. Cherry back and sides? Yeah. Wild cherry. So, and it's got uh, built-in electronics, not too crazy. They look great. They're affordable. From what I've heard, they sound great, so I'm excited to go check it out. And I'm actually looking, I wanted a black, a matte black one. Now, that's a really hard thing to find in the acoustic guitar world. Yeah. Because my previous one was a, a, a matte black, and I really liked it. And the difference is this one comes with a perloid uh, teardrop pick guard, but I want to take it off and what? put, yeah, I want to take it off and put a, um, like a, a, a bat wing, a double bat wing oh, yeah. black. Oh, like so a, it'd be glossy. Everly, Everly Brothers kind of thing. Yeah. Or like the, you know, uh, Johnny's <clears throat> first guitar, the one that's mm-hmm. the one that's in the, the uh, hall of fame. So I've already mocked that up on, in Photoshop and looks I'm just saying. Tony uh, Dugzik probably cannot wait I've to already, build that. I've already talked to him about it. You know it. Anyway, so more to come on this. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not an acoustic connoisseur. So as long as it sounds good, I'm okay with it. Is it is it black? It's uh yeah, oh. it's like a matte black, not a gloss. Oh, okay. It's not piano black. The Americana comes in. Uh, there's another color that they have called uh i think bourbon burst and it looks pretty mm-hmm. sweet not gonna lie it looks really nice and i wouldn't be pissed to have that one either but i mean your bat the batwing thing will cover half the dang guitar well right. if i want it to i get to design <laughs> it so no that's true yeah but it'll look cool on that uh, on the uh if you play like you do and you're all like you know super jammy with it you know just <laughs> super jammy i don't it. know you know <laughs> rough yeah I, you know that i would suggest getting a a nice big old pick card for it yeah right mm-hmm. i've always found with acoustics you know d- don't hunt one with electronics because they can be added you know it's like find the one that sounds good get a fishman well I, I i use k and k in all my acoustic guitars uh-huh. um that you don't have to drill a hole in the top. It's like three little transducers that go under the bridge plate. They're like a hundred bucks. If you're going into like a, uh, a pedal or a DI or something, mm-hmm. they're, they're perfect. And I don't know, there, there's so many good options for acoustics that are like budget friendly now, Yeah. but n- not many in black. That's, no. that's the only thing. Yeah. And all, and all the ones in black are like the little parlor kind of like, you know, yeah. You know, kind of guitars, 12 fret things. Yeah. So I know it's, it's a weird, Jared likes sparkle, sparkle guitars and I like, I have a few, (laughs) it's just, you know, the only time I'm really ever going to play this out in all honesty is for this Johnny Cash tribute band. So I'm like, I'm all in black. I want the guitar to be in black. Let's do this. So we'll see what happens. More to come. No snobbery thrown at me please because <laughs> it's weird man the acoustic the acoustic world is one of those things where oh man you can get you can get people looking down their nose at you real quick oh yeah um, like showing up to a bluegrass jam with a gibson guitar just get out of there <laughs> <laughs> okay noted oh yeah yeah yeah, don't don't show up to like you know any country gig with like a PRS, and don't show up to a bluegrass jam with a Gibson guitar. That's really? those are the rules. How is well, that? I guess modern country's PRS, but like an old school country, no, 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 no. Yeah, really help, help me understand that because yeah. I mean Gibson was right there. Yeah, what about the Gibson yeah. Dove? I mean, I know they they're kind of dark sounding, and they don't well, they never like, had that the, Martin sound. 
Right. All the hardcore bluegrassers, they love like D28s and D18s and like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and, and, and things that are made similar to that, but like a J45, I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, people play them, but 90% of all the bluegrass world that I've been interacted with is, is all Martin. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you're not hardcore. What was really interesting is I watched a guy who he's a big deal ish on on youtube for his uh, acoustic reviews and things and he's got loads and loads of martin you know reviews and stuff and he was comparing both of these and he's like i'm telling you like this is what's good about this and this is what's good about this and overwhelmingly he was pointing out things that were better about this art and luther guitar um mm-hmm. so i that that made me say he goes, if you don't believe me, go watch this video. So I watched the video. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm sold because it's half or less. It's about half the cost of a Martin. And I have other things to spend money on. So like other guitars that ah. I'll play more. Ah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> spending money on things that I kind of want. On to our big fat topic of the day, which is refinishing. So anybody out there who has considered, you know, wanting to paint their guitar a different color, wanting to restore guitar, wanting to, you know, do an upgrade or a, or a, a fix on it. I guess this would all be encompassed in the refinishing discussion. This was mm-hmm. brought about because uh, Zach, as he as he did our first uh, interview with him, was mentioning that he was about to get his baby, his prize, Les to Paul, Pearly right? Gates. Yes. And yeah, the R9. He's about to get it refinished by a very, very notable refinisher. And then, boom, all the pictures came out. So I thought, hmm. This would be an interesting thing to talk about. And I know Jared's refinished an awful lot of guitars. Had them. Had them refinished, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this discussion is not going to be how to do it with your hands, but things to consider. Absolutely. When you are considering it. (laughs) Yeah. So, Zach, let's start off really quick with you, just as far as, like, how did that decision come about? Well... I have had that guitar. I bought it new. So I, you know, I'd had it for just a couple of years. It's like a 2014 and it was, you know, everything I'd ever wanted out of a Les Paul just felt right. Sounded right. Every set of pickups in it still sounded good. You know, it's just like this, this was my guitar and it's one of those things that I, it never crosses my mind to sell it. So I thought, why not see if I can make it look like, how I envisioned it in my head because it was cool looking and it, you know, it was fine, but my favorite guitar was Pearly Gates. And just from working at, at Carter vintage guitars and meeting Tom Murphy, um, you know, striking up that conversation, it became something that was, was possible. And he refends a lot of guitars for people. Uh, he only ages for Gibson, but like the refinishing thing, just like, came up just mentioning it, uh, to him and he was excited to do it. So, you know, I thought if the opportunity presents itself for me to do something that I've always wanted to do and could create a guitar that I love so much into something that I'll love even more, why not? You know, that's a good reason. Right. (laughs) And, and for me, you know, cause since Tom is not doing this, um, through Gibson, I don't get any certification or anything. It's just like, this is for me. I love it. I'm not going to sell it even though, because it's him, it's not going to lose any value if it's refinished. And that's something we can talk about because that's important for vintage guitars and stuff. But, um, you know, it, it was just it, the, the, the ability to, to have something I'd always wanted come to fruition was, was so exciting. And it turned out so much better than that I even could have imagined because I, I was there when he did it. So it was really cool to see it all happen. I believe in the Gibson world, um, having Tom Murphy refinish a guitar that actually, you know, I want to say that it adds value. 
Um, yeah. Because of the fact that he does age for Gibson and people know if you're a big Gibson fan and you like the upper echelon Gibsons, you know who Tom Murphy is. And and he is the reason why there is a historic and a reissue style mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, and because Tom like was painting production guitars like Les Paul standards. Mm-hmm. For, for a while. And so he just kind of, you know, took on this role. And even if you talk to him, <clears throat> he wants people to know him for his finishing work and not just his aging, because the way he paints these things is, is so special. And, and his, his attention to detail is just, it's unbelievable how good he is. You yeah. mentioned that he, he had to come up with, is this, is this a, like a proprietary color? Yeah. So my guitar started out in washed cherry, which is like a cherry sunburst that has faded. Now Gibson Les Pauls now, they, they will fade, but it'll take them a long time. Old bursts would fade just being in the window of a store, but these new ones, the tops won't fade. The backs will, but the tops won't. So, um, why is that? Cause the originals used an aniline dye and the red in that dye when exposed to UV would fade away. Mm, Um, so that's how you get, you know, honey burst and iced tea burst and lemon burst. It's just different stages of that red disappearing because when Les Pauls were originally finished, they were pretty dark. The, The burst was fairly dark. So we had a picture of Pearly Gates, Les Paul, Billy Gibbons guitar from the, the early seventies in color. And, Tom wanted to match my guitar to this picture. And it was before Pearly kind of faded because Pearly has a very unique color and a fade pattern, but he wanted to do that. And so I said, okay, you're the, you're the boss. And so that's what he did. And he, and and it's all by eye with him. He, we stripped it. We, he, he puts his, his, he does his special thing to the top and then he painted it yellow and then started bringing in browns and reds to create the burst. And he would say, is this enough? And then we'd take it outside, hold it in the sun. And I'd say, let's do a little bit more brown here. Then he'd hang it back up and shoot some more brown on it and just got it to where it was starting to pop. And then when I left, you know, it was pretty red and just from hanging up and the colors kind of relax, it all kind of reeled itself back to have this really beautiful, very unique color that you only really see on some guitars that, that, that Tom does. Mm-hmm. You, so. you said he did something to the top. Um, you know, I know you probably can't tell the proprietary special tricks, but can you give us a, a general idea of like what that means? He just does a treatment so that the flame really pops and it's his own Tom Murphy thing. And uh-huh. it's, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but he puts it on there and it, um, it really, it, I've seen other guitars he's refinished where he's taken a guitar that basically looked like a plain top, didn't have any flame to it, puts the stuff on it and it just, the flame comes out it like draws the flame out of the wood. It's really, it's amazing. Wow. But he does that and it. The, the guitar, it had a lot of flame to begin with, but now it's it's way more 3D. So when you move it, you can like see the flames change uh, mm-hmm. depending on what angle you look at it. Oh, yeah. So and that that's what real Les Paul nuts want. They want it to, and you know, and the guys that like really flamey like PRS or whatever, you want, when you move it, you want it to look like it's like waves in an ocean or something. Yeah, you can actually, and I want to bring Fender in for a second too. You can buy custom shop Fenders with flamey maple necks as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And those are really yeah. awesome on a flamey. Yeah, you have one. Uh, I had one had and one. I, I sold it to a local musician. Okay. But yeah, uh, fin- he fell in love with it, man. I yeah. Mean, those are really cool too. Yeah, Fenders, they have like a ghost flame where if you turn the neck one way, it'll ha- it'll be super flamey, and then you turn another way, and like the flame disappears. Yeah, it's really and cool. And that, that's really awesome. Ghost flame. It's all natural. Ghost flame. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing just within the world of the Gibson Les Paul world. I said world twice, but you yeah. know what I mean. I personally have not grabbed onto mucho flame. Right. Right? Like some of the PRS stuff, I'm like, Okay, I get it. Too flamey? Too flamey. <laughs> right? I, I agree. And I, think, and I think typically a really, really well done Les Paul is like just approaching that area, but it rarely goes 
into that area. Is that right, fair yeah. to say? Yeah, and I mean, if you look like <clears throat> when they first started making reissues, and a lot of the standards now they have like double A and triple A and quadruple A flame, where it's just like super uniform lines are just like really precise flame yeah. striping. Um, like most of the old school Les Pauls, um, don't look like that. The, if you look at 58, 59 and sixties, they, the flame is like, some of them are book matched perfect where, you know, they cut it down the middle and open it like a book. And then the flame will be perfectly a mirror image on each side of the top. But most of them are imperfect and, they, you know, they were just making guitars. They weren't trying to make art right. pieces. So yours is the, not matched. Is not uh, no. Mine's not book matched at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, It's mostly Eastern Maple. I want to say right. The yeah, old, yeah. The old Gibson stuff because they're in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that explains that. And I think that isn't that flame a little tighter anyway. Yeah, you know it. It just depends. There's like Corson or, or what do you call that or. Yeah, quarter sawn, I think, is more about the grain. Yeah, you're uh, right. But, that's, but the, yeah, the flame, it just depends on, yeah, the where the, the trees are from. And, and flame itself is just a mutation in the wood. Mm-hmm. But but with, you know, Les Paul nuts, they want it to be kind of imperfect. And that's the polar opposite of what you said, guys said, like, like the PRS, PRS yeah, world, yeah, yeah. Right. which, you know, those high-end ones are just, they're so perfect. They look like lines on paper. But and those are like, I don't know. They're cool guitars, and they're like the blues lawyer guitars, you know. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, the people that have a lot of money and just want to buy a pretty guitar, you know, those kind blues of things. Law- yeah, like the blues, blues lawyer. lawyer. A Kansas guitar player played a PRS in the 90s, and that's exactly what he said. He said, yeah, this one's pretty cool, and, and mostly dentists and doctors buy these. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, R- rich but man's anyway. guitar. The chance of him doing your your guitar happened by chance, right? Yeah. And he, he does it. It's just like, you have to know, you have to know him, you know, it's not like you can just like look him up on the internet or get his phone number. You just have to, you have to know him to, to have that sort of privilege, which is nice. And let me ask you this. If you hadn't met Tom Murphy, would you have had the Qatari finished? Probably not because and I mean, this is something we can we can talk about is that most refinishing is pretty expensive. And yeah, I, I've gotten quotes for doing just the top before. And I was like, eh, you know, it was it wasn't out of the realm of possibility. But most of the time, guys like, yeah, we'll we'll refin it. But we also want to carve the top and we can reshape the neck. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's there's always some sort of package. And I didn't want to change the guitar. I just wanted to just put a different coat of paint on it. You right. know? Mm-hmm. So, so when you said uh, it can get pretty expensive, you know, for those who haven't explored this before, what are we talking about? Well, um, <clears throat> You guys, have you guys heard of RS Guitar Works in Kentucky? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, they're great. And they quoted, like, doing the top of my guitar. Um, it was, like, you know, be like six or 700 bucks. Okay. Or something. Maybe, maybe not that much, but it was around, you know, it was going to, you know, it wasn't going to hurt, but it was going to stink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they do, the, they do good work though. I know that. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they're, they're great, you know, yeah. and I would, I would never be sad to have sent my guitar to them. You, you can definitely bank on their experience, yeah, but course. other guys like historic makeovers, which is down in Florida, mm-hmm. they only work on Gibson custom shops. They don't do the tops. They do the whole thing. And those packages start at about $2,000, wow, my goodness. which, you know, when, when it's a, but if you, you got know, a guitar that's over ten thousand dollars, it's yeah. right. I mean, my my guitar new was about five thousand, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big chunk of that. And I don't know if it was worth it, but Tom Tom gave me a very reasonable rate that I felt very comfortable with. Uh, apparently, yeah. That that's and for those who have not seen it, um, we will be posting out some photos, but ahead of time. I was telling my wife, I was trying to explain, you know, what we're going to do today. And I, and the, I uttered the words, I think it may be the finest looking Les Paul I've ever seen. <laughs> well, thank you. And, uh, it, and there's a lot of upgrades on just the guitar. Pictures, so I can only imagine what that's like in, yeah. in, in person. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it, the only thing stock on it is the tuners. Mm-hmm. So really, yeah. <laughs> 
in the well, back paint now. And then the since you took the pick guard off, I'm sure it's even more. No, pick guard's staying on. Pick guard is on. <laughs> Never coming off. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Got to have the pick guard. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so that is let so that is an approach if you if you are trying to find somebody to um, maybe resurrect the flame within uh, or, or, you know, you're not looking for, uh, you know, just, Hey, paint this guitar, this, whatever color, that kind of a thing. If somebody is looking to do that, what are the right things to ask for? Uh, pictures before and after, uh, in like detail, you know, you want to be able to see that it's seamless because, when you scratch the paint off, if you're just doing a top, you know, for example, you want to make sure it blends in. It's like touching up a spot on a car. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to see that it's, oh, that looks like it's been <laughs> hit with paint. Yeah. You know, exactly. But, but seeing work is, is I think, Previous the biggest work. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, especially before and after shots, because anybody can say they've done something and anybody can show you anything, but. You really, you have to do your own research. And then that's why like, there's so many forums on the internet with people that just, you know, show the whole process and that is invaluable and you should never get something like that done, especially to something that is precious to you mm-hmm. just haphazardly. You should yeah. do your research and take time and talk to the person, but you know, see if they have experience. So how many guitars have they painted? You know, is it 10, is it one, or is it, you know, hundreds and hundreds? Yeah. Do you have a particular forum that you like to hang out on? Well, Les Paul, like the Les Paul forum and, and, um, my Les Paul, I like those for, for Les Paul stuff. I've, I've, I've perused the gear page, but it, I don't know. I don't have, I don't spend a lot of time reading stuff on the internet like that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, most of it's such conjecture. I'm just there sure. for the pictures, you know. Yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> I like what you said about, you know, being cautionary to refinishing because, you know, if something's precious to you. And I want to use that as kind of a segue in, into my story. Um, I learned on an old 1969 Gibson Dove. And it's the first guitar that I ever you know, played on and started to learn chords. And uh, the backstory on that is my dad was in college and he was playing his 1970 Les Paul custom with a, you know, Fender uh, dual showman. Oh, and it would just, it would blow everybody out of the water. So he sold that <laughs> and he bought a used 1969 Gibson Dove custom in a, I don't want to say, I think it's Sunburst. Um, yeah, it's a very rare, I know Ace fairly has one and, and then the one my dad bought, it's the only two I knew of. Anyway, I learned on that guitar. I just, I always adored that guitar cause it was my dad's and I always looked up to my dad. He was my hero. He was very talented, uh, singer player over the years, the bridge started to raise, the bracing started to come loose. It had the, the mustache bridge is, is, uh, very well known. Uh, for doves and it had the ebony adjustable bridge which is which was a terrible idea right and the action grew worse and worse over the years so my dad just replaced it with you know a crafter just something to get him by for a while until he bought the guitar that he's always wanted which was uh, a martin d45 I asked him I one day, I said, when are you going to will me this guitar? You know, and I have two other brothers. And he said, well, I'll will it to you, but you can have it when I die. And uh, so one day we were sitting in his office and, and he said, Jared, I want you to have the the Gibson Dove. And I started to get worried. And I said, Dad, are, are you going to die? You said you weren't going to give it to me until you died. And he said, no, man, I just got a new guitar. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, you scared me there for a minute. Um, So anyway, like I said, the thing was kind of just falling out of shape. Uh, Reluctantly, I decided, I said to myself, I've got to get this thing refinished. You know, it's it had checking galore. It had a small chip of the whole the the sound hole 
Um, there's a lot of bracing around that and, and trim. And it was just the guitar was in really bad shape. So I thought, I've got to get this thing restored or refinished or something. So I took it up to Lay's Guitar Repair in Akron, Ohio. Uh, they're a very well-known, uh, respected uh, guitar repair. They not only repair, but they refinish and they build their own guitars. Um, they do work for the Gibson Custom Shop and they do celebrity work and all that kind of thing. They're they're a well-known place. So I, I took it up there. They're not giving us any money, so slow down there, bud. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're that good, man. I've, I've got a really good personal relationship with the, the, the guys up there. So they said, listen, this top's got to come off. So they replaced the top. And he called me up and said, listen, do you, do you care if this is a Martin top? Because Martin makes the exact same top with the you know, with the trim and all that and the binding and whatnot. I said, man, I don't care. I just want it to look the same. I want it to sound good. When they were done, and uh, I've got a little video of this too uh, during the the process. But they were when they were done, they put a new Martin top on this thing, and they they took the old top and they matched the the finish perfectly. It looked like this exact same guitar, but brand new. <clears throat> and it sounds just phenomenal. It sounds way better than it ever has. They put a bone, they, they filled in the mahogany where the mahogany uh, adjustable bridge was. And they put a, a bone in there. And the thing sounds excellent. And they dressed down the frets too, which I was surprised because my dad played the living daylights out of this thing you know, for, you know, 30 years before that. So I was really impressed. And the guitar means more to me than anything in the, you know, any guitar I have. And the value was, you know, I guess it was technically taken away when I had it redone. But the, you know, the personal value is, is priceless to me. Right. And that, that in my world it was worth every penny spent to preserve that guitar so I can pass that guitar down in my family and they can pass it on and appreciate the guitar and the thing actually plays well. Right. You know, so, you know, ref to me, refinishing guitar, refinishing a guitar should be an occasion where it's well worth doing um, and it, it retains its value uh, even if it's personal value. Well, that's, that's kind of, you're, you're going down a path of like restoration. Yeah, it was a full restoration. I mean, what I mean, refinishing was a, a portion of that. Yeah, that's true. But I, that, I can go on and on about, I mean, I've, I've had probably more than 20 guitars redone and for different reasons, but that one was special to me. I thought I would share today, but yeah. But that's one of the reasons why you, you would have a guitar refinished totally, totally. right there. Right. And a restoration on a vintage, well, <clears throat> refinishing on a vintage instrument is, is different than restoration okay. in a lot of, a lot of ways, uh, for, for a resale value. And that's the thing, like, like you said, that guitar is priceless to you. So the value is, does it play well? Does right. it sound right? Yeah. And, and and that's what makes it special. But for a lot of people that don't know better <laughs> and are just trying to get something to flip or sell or whatever, mm -hmm. refinishing on a vintage piece, it's unless, a, I mean, there are a few, it. yeah, it it, oh yeah, it, cut, it cuts it in half. Yeah. Like in half. Yeah. But there I are a few exceptions. You're right though. I mean, if, if you've got a, you know, a, a vintage instrument from the sixties and before that, and you have that redone, even from the seventies, um, yeah. it just, it kills it right in half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there, there's so many different levels because there's, there's refinishing, there's overspray where you just paint, you just shoot something over top of what's already there. Yeah. Um, that's hard to hide too, because it just darkens oh, yeah. what's there. If it's a right. know, natural finish. And for, in, in some instances, it's not too big of a deal. Like I've seen Fender guitars that were refinished by Fender a few years later. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's refinished, but 
is it really, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you get a, a vintage custom color strat from the 50s, 60s, um, and that finish starts to wear off, you'll see a, a you know, you'll see sunburst. A, a sunburst. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, if you remember, we had John, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. brought in his, uh, his vintage Olympic white Jaguar. Fine Blair. Underneath it was was the the burst because they were all painted burst first right and mm-hmm. that was really cool to kind of to, to, to be able to see that peeking through underneath and just going wow that's that's a guitar of a with a different name underneath that paint i'm so glad he brought that in yeah yeah when we're not discussing a historic or sentimental kind of situation like you guys are talking about and we just want to say I, I bought this jazz master somebody painted a purple and i want to take i want to repaint it what are some of the things that one should consider when just changing the just the color of a solid body solid color well uh are you going to strip it down to the bare wood or are you going to paint over top what's already there Ooh. um Cause that, you know, if it's a newer guitar, it's probably got a poly finish, right. um, which is essentially plastic. plastic. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get off. Uh, it can, you can get it off, but for some, in, in some instances, just painting over it is, is easier, but you're going to add weight because, you know, layers of paint are, they're heavy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't really think about it, but it does add to the weight of a guitar. Just so pick up a can of paint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, that that's, I think something important to consider, yeah. um, for in a lot of ways, it may be easier just to buy a unfinished body and then have it painted. But you know, if you like the vibe of something, you can, you can change it. But then again, it may change (laughs) when you strip the paint off of it. So Jared, you've had quite a few guitars refinished. What are some of the things that you've considered? Well, (laughs) I should say you probably haven't considered a whole lot. You just said, I want this a different color. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Well, uh, before I buy the guitar, I already have a project in mind Mm -hmm. and the guitar has probably be already been beaten down or already stripped down and sold as a project guitar. Yeah. So you're getting it very cheap. So I already, in my mind, have a plan. That's pretty much what goes through my mind. I mean, is what color do I want it? Who Who's going to do the work? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much is it going to cost? How badly do I want this guitar? Yeah. Because most of the time... Uh, the money you put into a refinish into that guitar, you're, you know, most of the time you're not going to come out ahead yeah, unless it's a oh vintage no. instrument. Yeah. So you, you have to really, really, really want that guitar and, and have yourself attached to it. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what you have to think about. It's, it, it's not a, it's really not a great financial investment Unless that's something you know you're not going to want to get rid of, right? Or at least you, or, or, um, unless you got it for a steal, right? And you just get like, to hey, think, I, you know, I you can... get a a vintage instrument that usually goes for, you know, two grand, and you paid five hundred bucks for it. Yeah, you know, you put another five hundred in a reef in, you still have a really good looking, you know cool guitar for a thousand bucks right but in like original condition sparkle. that goes for two grand right uh yeah I so mean, one thing that i've always I, there have been a couple guitars that i've bought through where i'm looking at it and i knew like right off the bat it's sort of like when you go buy a car or a house or something you're like that that is ugly <laughs> <laughs> that's just ugly right but I know what it is, and I want that thing right. that's underneath that ugly. Feels good to play. Feels good to play, and the price Sounds is right. Sounds good, yeah. And, and then you're like, yeah, I'll just get it repainted. Right. And then you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to go about getting it repainted. <laughs> and then you say, oh, it's cool. I'll just take it to somebody. Now, here's a big, big 
I'm going to make the assumption this is a ginormous difference in what you can expect when you lay said guitar on the counter with Mr. Painter Guy. Right. Is it a bolt-on neck or is it a set right. neck with a, a set painted neck? Um, because now you're getting into it and, and if you got it's like, let's say... Let's say it's uh, like a like a. I'll just go with the cheaper an, an Epiphone Les Paul custom. So you got bound neck, painted neck, set neck. Here's, oh man! Here's <laughs> here's what um, here's what I think is really considered. I don't think that's. I mean, I can see where you're coming from there, but honestly. If you look at a strat, I know you don't like strats that much. If you look at a Stratocaster <laughs> body, yeah, look how many contours and curves are sure. on that thing. But it's, oh yeah, I, I, I get the body part. I mean, there's those are difficult, but those are difficult to. Sure. If you're going to have to strip it down, that's difficult to do. If you have a piece right. of sandpaper in your hand but and you mess up one of those contours, you're sure. going to see that a mile away. I understand that. I'm getting more towards the idea that if you have a guitar that is, you've got a bound neck and, um, or heck, even just a painted neck that isn't bound, but you also have, you know, the headstock, the, the face of the headstock like is black. It's just, it's yeah, black. It's, it's just fine. So it like really need- actually a great example is your Les Paul special double cutaway. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that is not a bound neck, but it is a painted neck. And right. it also has a black headstock face. Mm-hmm. That seems like something that is going to almost double the price of a refinish based on the fact that they have to get, you, you have to get the neck and where, it, where it joins with the fingerboard all the, yeah, all uh, the you fine. Know what I, mean? like, uh, I know what you mean. Go ahead, Zach. You got to tape off that fingerboard and make it clean because the lines are going to be so much yeah. more like and apparent. thickness, thickness right. too. You're talking yep. paint and and uh, you know poly at that the point thickness or of the nitro paint and all that kind of stuff. They it's it's all the little tricks of the trade that they know. Yeah, they know how to handle all that kind of thing. And they know how to handle your money. That's right. <laughs> and you got clear coat, and and that all depends on what kind of finish you want. Do you want them to use lacquer? Do you want them to use poly? Do you, you know, uh, there's so many choices to choose from. So okay, just on that note, real quick. So let's say I'm I go and I say, all right, I want to get I want to get this um, Les Paul special uh, double cutaway. I'm being specific about that because I like the double cutaway. Um, I do too, man. Yeah. It's a good guitar. Well, I bought it. I, I bought one because I played yours. Yeah. I bought the exact one. We, yeah, that's right. We have, the, we actually, we have two of the exact guitars now. Yeah, we do. With the Gibson Explorers. Yes, we do. On accident. <laughs> They're uh, both awesome guitars. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to transition. <laughs> so here's my point. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna go do that, and he says, "All right, you wanna what kind of what kind of finish you want to put on this, right?" Now you have the opportunity. Let's say it was a poly finish, mm-hmm. the sort of like desire to have nitro, a nitro finish yeah. that's going to age beautifully and yeah. everything. People think the wood breathes better that way. With the yeah, wood. yeah, breathes. Yeah. yeah. They think it breathes better. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, God is, is there how much of a case is there for that? I'm 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 playing sort of devil's advocate here. So vintage what? vintage spec, man. People want vintage spec on their guitars. Not everybody. Careful well, when we say there, people. There are people that do. Yes. There is yeah. a vintage crazed that are high on the hype that want that vintage finish and that vintage feel. I have Zach got Polly on his Les Paul. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. I, I am. I've been buzzing on that vintage hype high for a long time, and and I, you know, I I want what's correct on the guitar for vintage specification. Right. You know, if I if 
I don't buy, I do, I do buy standard Gibsons, but for the most part, I have vintage Gibsons and I have, you know, I have a 56 junior body converted to a 59 and I had that all vintage correct. So I have all the cheapest guitars that you guys don't have. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I really I love have that three Epiphone that you, that Epiphone good. acoustic you had is, is sounds phenomenal it so does. i'm not dissing on i'm not dissing on the cheap guitars, yeah, no no guys. no I, i'm just i'm just bringing in the, the yeah you know the lower ranks to join the convo well, that's here. fine i mean because i've got those too so would like it make them. sense I, I guess my my point is if i have if i have a you know maybe a cheaper guitar and i want to bring it in i mean like the 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 les paul special double cutaway it was not a bank breaker Mm. Um, for Gibson, it's at all, and that's so that's telling you like I'm I'm like working man's dollars with family and stuff, so I don't get to buy all the the crazy bonkers gear. But if I wanted to have that refinished, like yours, you got redone in Pelham Blue. It was originally black, right? Yeah, there so, was there was a crack at the heel, and yeah, I had yeah. that repaired, had it refinished but, but, the way I wanted. Yeah, Pelham Blue. That sounds really cool. Oh it, man, it is beautiful. A, yeah, it's great. Uh, for real, it's it's banging. <laughs> um, but if I wanted to do that, say in I don't know something completely ridiculous like sparkle orange. Um, yeah, yeah. If I wanted to do that, what what would I be looking at to just get a, a straight paint job? Poly. You'd oh, put price. poly on that? Well, yeah, I think for sparkle, because of the uh, the texture of that sparkle. You got to um, go poly. You got to okay. go poly on those. Okay. And Interesting. Um, so price-wise price for the whole guitar, I'd say you're in between five and 700 bucks, that respectively. That seem terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would think maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But, I mean, hey, I, You've you've got them painted like that, so I don't. Know. Well, you're all yeah, and he's that's also a, trading like boxfuls yeah, of like yeah, that's a lower end. I'm I'm sorry, guys. That's probably lower. I mean, we're looking at any respectively. Yeah, the higher end. I, I would say in between five and a thousand. Right. Just so you've got to really really want a different yeah. color guitar. I mean, and, and, and I'm and I'm talking legitimate repair uh paint shop too i'm not talking about the guy down the road yeah yeah not not quick and dirty with the rattle right. can kind of thing yeah there's a lot of youtube <laughs> videos about that by the way <laughs> don't me refinish my guitar yeah <laughs> a lot of guys are doing like hey i'll show you how to dip a whole guitar unless you're making like you know the the, the multi-color 5150 kind of stripe strat don't don't do it right no. So, okay, we'll wrap this up with just, I guess, maybe what are some things you absolutely must ask yourself or the person who you're about to have the work done by? I would say, is this going to make, like, if you're doing it for yourself, are you really going to like the guitar that much better? You know, mm -hmm. is it, is it going to make you, because I th I think about all guitars, the most important thing is when you open the case and you see it, do you want to play it? You know, and if mm, that's just going to totally. make you want to play it more, then that's something to move forward with. But if it's like if you're just doing it for like, you know, whatever, uh -huh. you know, no reason, I don't know. Don't don't waste your time or money and don't hurt the value of your guitar. Yeah, because there's probably a brother or sister of that guitar that is in the color that you want. That's true. Maybe. Unless it's some crazy speedboat thing. Yeah, I, I I would agree with with you, Zach. I mean, if you have to weigh value versus want, in my opinion, mm -hmm. yeah, that's want versus need, want versus need, and how bad you know that's that's basically it, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Do, how long do you plan on keeping the guitar? What would you absolutely never do that to? Oh my gosh. I, I, I would never do it to like, I, I have like a, I have a 1955 J 50 hmm. and it is super checked and pretty beat up, but I don't think I, I would never get it refinished, you know, um, it, unless it was dire, you know, unless it got next to like a heater or something and the finish bubbled up, hmm. I probably wouldn't finish it. I would never do that to 
any guitar that has been honestly and naturally played. Oh yeah. I, I would not do that. Um, because yeah, there's a difference between abuse and then like honest playware, just honest playware. There's nothing cooler in my personal opinion. There's nothing cooler and desirable than a guitar that's been honestly played and wore down. Yeah. There's a podcast topic, the the debate of uh, relicking. We actually <laughs> broached that. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually. Um, you guys were lucky I wasn't around then. That was, that was an <laughs> early one, and yeah. it was a very interesting discussion. And just to, to touch on that quickly, we, we did bring up the idea of, you know, what do we think about brand new guitars that are being relicked um, or, you know, and then the, then the, the entire um, naming convention around that sort of thing, right. you know, Fender's yeah. got a very convoluted, you know, way oh, of yeah. talking about it. And you either love them or hate them. Yeah. So that was yeah. a really uh, go back. I'm trying to remember what number it is. It was early. I remember listening. To yeah. That. I liked that. All of our, all of our previous podcast episodes are available on our website, thetaguitarnobs.com. I'm pointing that out not as a plug, but because once you go on YouTube, I'm sorry, on uh, on uh, iTunes, they drop off after a certain number. Podbean, I think you can listen to all of them. On right? Podbean as well, yes. That's right. But our site, too. Right. There you, can, you can see the pretty pictures there, too. The site's better. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Alrighty then. That was a lovely discussion. I learned a lot. I always like it when I learn it and I'm doing less talking. I'm sure most people appreciate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyways, let's move on to our Would You Rather segment. That was nice. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. All right. This week... We are going to pose the question. So would you rather have Fender Antiqua finish on a Les Paul Custom or would you rather have the blue floral design that Fender put out in the late 60s but on a Gibson Les Paul Custom? So Fender uh, Antiqua or floral Oh Les Paul Custom, you have to choose either one of those two, as painful as it's going to be. You have well, to I don't make want to go choice. first. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me just describe the Antigua for those who are maybe not as familiar with it. It is a, a natural, almost a, a a oily cream kind of looking color that has it's like old old milk. Now you're just filthy and vulgar. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a little like old milk. Um, <laughs> But uh, all around any any edge, any it's, edge there it gets is darker at the edge. It, it's like a very 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 skinny burst. Like you've of, been blowing smoke on it forever. Smoke. It, it's smoked. Like br- it's greenish, brownish, smoked. And, and the pit the pit guard matched. Yes, on the that was yes. The pit guard also is, matched on the lines. It's odd. So your pit guard on the Les Paul Custom would also have to have that very skinny, uh, smoky burst. Now the floral design is pretty general. It, it would have a clear pit guard on the floral. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's here's a good example. If you had if you had a really 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 aged, um, like maybe uh, Olympic white, mm-hmm. that you had. Um, a blowtorch, and you and you use the blowtorch to uh, do the burst uh, around all the all the edges, <laughs> just just a real quick pass on it, so it like charcoalized. It kind of, except it was kind of a greeny brown, kind of green. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Oh man! And then the blue flowers was um, a, a blue print top over blue sparkle. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was, was wallpaper. wallpaper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. pink, yellow, and white. Pink, yellow, white, pink, pink. and the background's blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think yellow is in there. Possibly so. Yeah, it's 
Anyways, it's got a, there's all sorts of colors in special, the blue, but it's, it's mainly special. blue. Yeah, I happen to like it. Okay, well then you go first. <laughs> yes. Now this is very tough because on a Les, Les Paul, Paul custom. custom, very very tough. Block and lay neck, bound uh, bound neck. The bells and whistles, baby. Gold hardware. This oh, is, I forgot about the gold. That's right. <laughs> so this is really difficult because an Antiqua finish on a, a Les Paul would actually, in my opinion, look more natural on a Les Paul than a floral design. Um, so with that logic, even though it's still probably going to be ugly as all get out, I'm going to have to go with the old Fender Antiqua. It's going to look like a really old white falcon that's been left in a barn for a long time. Oh, yeah. gosh. Blasphemy. Okay. All right, Zach, you're next. You know, I, I think I I think I would go Antigua, too, even though it's – I've seen a few of them, uh-huh. and it is so horrible in person. But yeah. the blue – like wallpaper on a Les Paul custom. I just on a custom. Yeah. And it would be like matching on the neck. It's I can, like, I can more so see it on a studio. But yeah. Not yeah. A some without binding. Right. But yeah. The but binding we chose customs. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> on, I think, I think I'd have to go Antigua. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know why. I just think that I would, I would really, I would, I would look at them both and cringe. Yeah. And be disappointed in what I had, but I would be less than disappointed with the Antigua. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. I, th- the, the thing that, that it, because I've seen, you know, like the, uh, Coronado, uh, specifically oh, yeah. with, with, with the smoked F holes, that, uh. that's what I, that's all I can think about right now. So I can't possibly it's choose like that. Which I, that's a great <laughs> yeah. guitar. That's a great guitar. Right. But not with that finish. Um, right. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the blue floral. Hey, foil. Right. Not, and not 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 just to you know the, be the foil here, but because that would be arguably the most recognizable guitar on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree, and and it would gain instant God. value. You can actually buy. A blue floral pickguard for a Les Paul or a, um, a pink paisley. They are available. I just shivered a little bit. Yeah, and they don't look right. Yeah. In my opinion. They don't look right. No. <laughs> yeah. It's like that house uh, that I was talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. All no. right. Well, this has been a ton of fun, and we hope that you have enjoyed our discussion listening and probably stuck in traffic. Hopefully you forgot about you that you were stuck in traffic right. behind that same truck that you've been following for like the last five, five, ten miles. That stinks. Uh, I want to just give a shout out real quick to our executive producers, Tom Barazin and Martin Cliff. Thank you, guys. And if you would like to become uh, an executive producer, uh, so a member of the executive producer ring, <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com, the guitar knobs, to find out how. And with that, I say thank you, Zach, for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. Yep. We'll have you back again, I am sure. Good times. Good luck with uh, Mythos Pedals over there. And um, everybody be looking for pictures because we're going to post them up for this one. Absolutely. Subscribe! Yeah. I have all the cheapest guitars that you guys don't have. (laughs) Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.